All year round, Frontier Home Products and Design has what you need to make your home comfortable and beautiful. Relax on a new timber tech deck designed by Frontier's experts. A new fireplace from Frontier Home Products Fireplace Gallery adds warmth and serenity to any home. Beauty and versatility at Frontier Home Products and Design Center, 4213 Peachtree, 5th next to the Bayfront Highway. Frontier Home Products and Design Center. Discover a new frontier. PA contractor number PA039007. Welcome to TalkErie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale live from our Kingdom Financial Group studio at Fifth and State. And from Kingdom Financial Group, we've got John Baker, Ben Ryder. Uh, we're talking taxes at first quarter finance. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Glad Happy to be here. tax season. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, let's, you know, we'll blow the, uh, you know, blow the uh, confetti. Right. And uh-huh. everybody's so excited about taxes. It's coming. Yeah, you know, we're, we're feeling it in the office Are anyways. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's starting to pick want, up speed. I want you to know I had my first client turn oh, tell me that all his documents were in this morning, today. So, Well, you, you got to hand it to what, what his employer or whatever because yeah. uh, because that's awfully fast. That is fast. I haven't yeah. gotten my, you know, W-2 right, or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. So amazing. Yeah, they don't have to about till the end of the end of the month. So right, <laughs> and most of them don't. Right? What about like the, uh, you know, your your brokers and all, all that stuff that you get the the ten ninety nines the. The, the forms that come from your investments and typically things. typically it's later so it's, it? yeah, yeah it's not that's not held they, to the same standard they they have to have absolutely positively have to have them up by February fifteenth and oh they, they have to unless the they 15th. can't and, <laughs> wow and, and, did you catch that unless they unless can they can. <laughs> unless they have a reason yeah. to extend it yeah, right. so um, yeah. amazing often they're they're much later than that but yeah, so. seriously mm-hmm. I never knew that you know because I thought everything is so electronic that you kind of know what the the basis of everything is on the thirty first, right? You know when the clock uh, turns to one one. You, know? you do, but if you think about a, a typical investment portfolio is made up of uh, mutual funds, which are made up of companies and and bonds. So each of those companies have to have to end their year and get their numbers right, and then they have to report it all to the mutual fund company, who then has to report it all to the broker, who then has to report it wow. to the. To the uh, actual client. So, you know, it takes a while for that to all roll downhill there. <laughs> well, I'm looking at some of the things that uh, are particular to this year. Of course, the filing deadline is on April 15th for us here in Pennsylvania. We're not in Maine or Massachusetts. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, 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 the time of year to file is it could be as early as now all the way to April 15th. Right. So is there a bell curve that you guys find of where the bulk of the returns start coming in? <laughs> a couple, really couple a, bell curves. <laughs> I wouldn't really call it a bell curve. I call it more of a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we get, you know, I mean, there, there's actually, I guess, yeah, you'd almost have to say there's two bell curves. There's <laughs> the people that only have, you know, a W-2 or don't have a lot of, don't have investments, that kind of thing that do come in later. Um, they will come in early. So we'll mm. probably, you know, starting any day now, uh, we'll start getting a, a pretty good run on, on those basic ones. 
Um, and then there's kind of a little bit of a lull. <laughs> um, generally, the first week or two of March is, is kind of a little bit of a lull. And then and then about the middle of March is when we get the next big burst. Till, is that right? Until April 15th, yeah. And, and, then, and then about first week in April, you get all the procrastinators. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> sure. comes too. Well, and at some point, it, sometimes it just it behooves somebody to file an extension, right? Right, right. It, but as long as if they know a ballpark of what they might owe, right. they should be paying it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. With with the extension filing, right? Yep. Yeah. Or the or, or the IRS will be happy to charge them interest and penalties. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you get a sense whether this is going to be a a big return year or a big pay year? Is there and is there such a thing? Yeah. Um I don't I haven't really heard much this year that changed um Last last year we had a low low payout because of the fact that the IRS changed the withholding tables. Okay. In the middle of the year, and most people didn't adjust for that, and so they they actually lowered the withholding, and so people ended up paying in less, and getting back less. Um, okay. This year I've not heard any you know that they've made any changes like that that should affect people you know yeah. that aren't paying attention. Yeah, tax so. tax code wise, that's not 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 too yeah. crazy of changes this year compared to the last 3 years. Right. I think on the investment side, it could be a slightly different year uh just because going back to 2022, we had the big market downturn, so if you held a bunch of investments, you may have had some losses, so you could have had a right. pretty good tax year from that, but coming we we finished the year strong mm. and uh I would think most most of those accounts should have been up for the year. Sure. So there could be gains this year instead of losses so kind of again as you get more complicated there might be a slight, a slight change there on what your results I'm, actually I'm, are. I'm interested in those families with young kids mm -hmm. I mean it, it's been now what a good 18 months or so since the the extended child care tax credit went away right and and so I mean they were getting nice returns yeah. right yeah yeah, so most of that went away last year, so they, you know, they they should be relatively used to it now. <laughs> right. Um, but, um, but yeah, they were, there were some really, really nice returns there for a while for the for those children. Um, but a lot of those also had taken it, you know, ahead of time too. So sure. Yeah. And so, um, you know, they, I think we, I think there were some people expecting a lot more than they got because they had got it, you know, during the year. So I think we talked about this last year, but I want to ask it again. Do do you find that families with teenagers get surprised that it's when their kid turns 17, they're still in the house, they're still eating, they still might have that parochial school tuition, yet they no longer have that tax credit? Right. Um, yeah. In fact, last year was uh, they got a real shock because not only did the kids age out normally like you know go from uh, 16 to 17 but they also they had they had extended the if you remember they extended the child tax credit to 18 for a year and so uh. so what happened is you know if they had if you happened to have a kid that was 17 and 18 you had two of them two of them go out at the same time ouch uh, yeah <laughs> wow. um we had a had a few people that had that happen to them last year um but yeah, so I mean, it's that. I mean, it depends kind of on what your kids are doing. If they go from you know seventeen and go to college, then t typically the college credits take over for right. the, the child credit. Uh, but if they don't, <clears throat> then obviously it drops off pretty fast. So. Some of us are aging so much that we're losing our college credit this year, <laughs> and losing the exemption or the the the, the what is that the 
when, when you lose an actual person from your family. Oh, right. Yeah. Lose, yeah. They say no deductions. Or, yeah. or you're losing an exemption or <clears throat> a, exemption, yeah. a dependent. Yeah. Yeah. Just have more kids. Just, a dependent, just yeah. have more kids. Uh, I have grandchildren. Hang it on the other now, side. Know. Right. <laughs> That's right. So it is inter- it is interesting. The tax the tax code does help families, doesn't it? Yeah. And um, then as you get out of that family, that childbearing years and child raising years, uh, the 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 onus goes on I, those I've, people. I've know? always thought that's where that's where financial planning, of course, comes in. Yeah. So you have to think through that as you get older. Hopefully, <laughs> what you pay in taxes actually goes up. Because it means you're making more money, also. <laughs> so, so Absolutely, you're you're yeah. reaching, and that's the idea of where it's helping uh, families. If you say with the child tax credits and everything, right. is that it, it is helping those families when they might be starting a family, their income might be lower. But theoretically, as you get older, you should be trying to make more money. And mm-hmm. so, uh, to say it in a bad way, you almost can handle it at certain points. Um, but there's no doubt the um, um, now the other thing that happens after the child raising years is you might have a little more wiggle room to kind of double down or triple down on your retirement. Right. Talk right. about how you give some of that guidance that way. Yeah. Because, that's, because it comes into play at tax time, right? Oh yeah. Your IRAs and all that. That's a similar style. Yeah. We see that often where people, you know, so you're, you're losing child tax credits and your income's going up and you're creeping up. You better start taking advantage of some of the retirement savings uh, that you can get on your taxes. And so it's the same thing. It's kind of planning ahead of looking at what are you putting into your work retirement plan or whether you're making IRA contributions yourself, mm-hmm. um, which is always a big, big reminder is that you can still make IRA contributions for last year. Uh, they're called pr- prior year IRA contributions, which can help your taxes if, if you need it. So um, for 20, in 2024, you can make an IRA contribution all the way up to April 15th, right? Correct. I usually usually recommend you do it before you file your taxes. <laughs> that, <laughs> right. That, yeah, so you don't have to do a, an, an amended. Yeah. Right, right. It's kind of one of those yeah. funny steps, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and, and you've seen people save significantly on oh, taxes? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it depends on your bracket and are you eligible, what type of other income you have, but that can be a big one. You know, just properly using the correct retirement accounts can make a big difference on the tax return. In, and when you're in this kind of mode of like, I, you know, I don't want to pay all this in taxes. Right. Do you guys usually fo- uh, steer them to a Roth or to a traditional IRA with that? Yeah, if they're trying thing? to lower taxes, they have to go traditional if, you know, okay. because a Roth IRA, of course, isn't deductible. It's tax free after that, but it's not deductible up front. So, um, so, so that doesn't necessarily lower right, your tax liability. Right. Okay. So that's a good thing to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Roth won't lower it um, unless uh, you know unless they're very unless they're lower income, and then and then they might get a, uh, a retirement credit for it, which would lower their taxes. Oh, but, wow. uh, yeah, which is a small thing, but it is it's yeah. important not to miss yeah, it. Yeah, that's the uh, that's that's the ultimate. There, you get you put money away tax and and tax free forever, and then and get a credit for it on top of it. But uh, but it's it's fairly limited. So um, the um, but yeah. The Roth IRA or the regular IRA, traditional or you know, four hundred one ks. If they increase their goes into four hundred one ks, those kind of things are the are the place to go. Higher income earnings earners unfortunately can't deduct an IRA, a regular IRA, um, so okay. so they have to use a retirement, you know, like a four hundred one k or something like that to do it. Let me make sure I understand. This. Can you actually put to twenty twenty three money on your four hundred one k? 
and have that or no? No. no. Okay, that it's once, too late for that. Once you're past the yeah, once you're past the end of the year, you have to do it through an IRA or whatever okay. if you can. So yeah. just just making sure that people understand. One more question before we go to the break, and that is the 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 concept of the earned income tax credit. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that has changed here in the Erie area is um, Erie free taxes is no longer doing tax returns for those that are uh, in the in the bottom uh, uh, tier of of income earners mm-hmm. and and so people are having to try to figure out how to file their tax returns by themselves uh, what do you guys suggest for that you know for that person that might be eligible for earned income tax credits and you're just on the kind of the lower strata uh, of, of wage earners. Well, the one thing I'd, I'd say is just, you know, word of caution, because that, those are probably the hardest returns we do. Um, <laughs> they're the only ones that require three three pages of disclosures um, that have to be signed by them. So, um, yeah, so it's, you know, you have to really make sure you're not saying something you you're, you're shouldn't be. They, they um um, IRS t- probably spends more time auditing that situation than they the do anyway. actual lowest income people. They really, the, because because there's so much there's so much to, uh, you know cheating on the on the earned income credit. Unfortunately, but, oh, I didn't never knew that. Yep. Yeah, pretty wi- pretty wild because it is a <laughs> as John was saying, it's a complicated tax credit. Actually, I mean, it depends on how much money you're making, what kind of dependents you have, and that sort of thing. So there's quite a bit of information to fill out on that credit. And and honestly, you want to make sure you do it right. Because, because you want to make sure you get as much as you can. Yeah, the benefits are very high, right? I mean, you right. almost get you almost get everything back, you, right. even state and local, right? Yep. Well, it's it, it doesn't actually affect. I mean, you get the um, it doesn't actually affect your state and local directly, but okay. they're fairly low anyways. Um, but it's actually the you know to give you an idea. I mean, most of the time, you know we don't we know we've always heard people that lie about their income and for on their taxes, but. But earned income credit is one of the few that you can lie about your expenses and and do out do better. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and so that's that's believe it or not is illegal too. Uh, you can't you know you can't underestimate your income or over overestimate your income based on not having the right expenses, and that would you know push your so what kind of expenses are uh, come under that? Well, typically it's it's where we run into this. Um, I mean person working for an employer there's probably not a lot you know this can make a difference but a lot of a lot of these ones have a lot of them have um, small businesses where you know okay it might be even you know an Avon thing or something like that they have small businesses and you know they don't report those you know so they can uh, okay generate income and, and not not report expenses and you know that kind of thing so um, so it's very important you know that they report them accurately because those you know will be checked <laughs> so John Baker, Ben Ryder with us from Kingdom Financial Group. We're talking about taxes and your first quarter finances here. All right, let's talk about paperwork. <laughs> Love that. We're sitting here with paper in front of us. <laughs> I, I see that. Yeah. And I mentioned earlier, you know, I thought everything was, you know, going to fit on your phone these days because <laughs> it's all electronic. Uh-huh. I, I do get these emails from, you know, the, the people that are doing our 401k or our Actually, we have a simple IRA, I think it is, or simple pinch. I can't remember what it's yeah. called. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so you say, hey, your your latest statement is up. Go check it out. Da, 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 your IRA, 
You, you know, you have your bank account on all that stuff is there. Right. You know what your expenses are because your credit cards will even do, you know, <laughs> hey, you spend this much on uh, on restaurants and this much on, sure. you know, gas. Right. And, right. and I mean, there's a lot there, but it's still it sounds like there's still a lot of paperwork, a lot of uh, organization. There is. And, and, and I think the. One thing that makes it harder nowadays is that uh, the more and more the paperwork doesn't send you the paperwork. So, uh, um, you know, okay. there's a lot of things like, uh, you know, the uh, like the statements that students need when they take for their tuition. You know, mm -hmm. they're they're always they're online. They have to go get them. If they don't get them, they don't, you know. And, you know, from a tax preparer standpoint, that's rough because if they don't bring it to us, we don't know they're in school. So, <laughs> you know, true. and yep. so, um, you know, there's a lot of things I think people give lose out on because they don't really know, uh, you know, what what there is. So. Well, let's talk about that. So uh, a typical person um, will have and let's say they have kids in college. Right. So they'll have a mortgage statement that they have mm -hmm. to bring. They'll have the tuition statement and the student loan statements correct right. yep. generally yep. um uh, they'll have if they if they were actually in the market b but not in retirement that's an important number mm -hmm. right sure yep. if they own any real estate other than their home right they have to deal with that you know rents and all that right yep, yep. i mean it just starts stacking up oh yeah yeah, and all those have you know lots of lots of uh, receipts and, and sub documents that they have to get together you know to do mm -hmm. that, um, and we we uh, we actually installed a, a new organizer this year, which is helpful. It they ask, ask ask these questions like you know were you in were you in school and did you know what kind of income do you have, and then it gives you a list of all of the forms that you need at the end, which is kind of nice. Well, that's uh, cool. Yeah, and 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 this is like a questionnaire that you give your clients. Right. Is that yeah. how that works? Yep. Okay. Yep, they fill it out online. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it uh, it actually gives them that that list, which is nice, you know, because like I said, a lot of things don't come to you anymore unless you look for them, you know. So what's is is there anything new on that end of things as far as because uh, I, I keep on hearing about things like, hey, if you bought an electric car or mm -hmm. if you put solar panels on your house. There's all that kind of stuff yeah. going on. Yeah, they've actually expanded the energy credits a little bit. Um, the the energy tax credit for cars is is out there this year. That um, now it is limited. You can't pay over seventy thousand dollars for your electric car. <laughs> um, <laughs> they did expand it this year that you can you can do it for used electric cars if you oh. buy if you buy a secondhand one um, up to twenty five thousand. The state uh, is actually promoting yeah, it right yeah, now. Yeah. There's yeah. an actual commercial on the air. From Pennsylvania yeah. about all this. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. And then the, the energy type things like like solar panels and that kind of you know, mm -hmm. wind energy, that kind of stuff, those there's a credit for that. There's still the credit for, you know, some home improvements like, you know, putting in a new furnace, that kind of stuff. Um it's they, interesting they though, John, they, they they make a distinction of whether you have a high efficiency mm -hmm. furnace yep. or not. Yeah, only certain ones qualify. And if if, some, if you're buying one, you should definitely get that paperwork from the dealer that you know that it, that it qualifies. So, and if it gets really cold outside, does that furnace actually warm your house up or not? <laughs> <laughs> How efficient do we really want around here? This is Erie, PA, right? Uh, I, I may or may not have asked that question recently. <laughs> it's like uh, if it's blowing cold air, is it yeah. really working? Uh, uh -huh. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the uh, I mean, there's just so much to look at, and so. Um, do you feel like do you feel like the IRS has made it 
to 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 that it's almost impossible to to do this um, by yourself or with a a tax uh, software. Uh, I mean, mo- very few very few people try to do it totally by themselves, and and, and that would be pretty difficult nowadays because. Unfortunately, you remember when they went to, uh, we're going to put all this on one postcard for you? Yeah. Well, they did. They put it all on one page for you, and uh, and then they added 15 schedules <laughs> that you have yeah, to I fill did. out for that page. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so even going over a tax return now is, is really kind of fun because it's like, okay, so let me show you where this line comes from. Let me show you where that line comes from. Um, but, I've, you know. I've said it before because we've said it in years past. I like to make the point. I do think it's good. Now, maybe I'm biased because of our background, <laughs> but I do think it's good for, say, a college-age kid or a high school kid who's got one job to do their tax return once yeah. <laughs> or to do it once or twice really? to learn what this looks like You know, because if it's really simple – you got to read through all the lines. You got to right. start from top to bottom down each page and read the instruction pages and do all that. But the moment it starts getting more complicated is that's where it's it's the old quote we've always used is there's two tax systems, one for the informed and one for the uninformed. So interesting. And, you know, wow. and, and to think through that, the amount of things, the amount of steps and making sure it lines up correctly. We, we do have I could say this. I mean, we have people that come in every year who've tried to fill out a form and it's like, why did you just skip? Your, your social right. security or why did you skip so well and and you would you would think that we would be getting simpler but we're not yeah. Uh, yeah. i mean our tax uh and what about audits what do you like what was 2023 like for some of your clients was, was there a heightened uh Situation with audits because we've been hearing in the news, mind you, that there's a lot more agents coming yeah, did they, online. Didn't they hire a bunch stuff. more people? Supposedly, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they ever did or not. They because yeah. that was kind of killed right after it was passed. But yeah, um, I don't really see a lot of audits. I mean, there's you know they do them, but most. I, I guess I guess we should define what audit means because. Most audits today are not the, you know, you sit down in front of the IRS agent and, and sweat. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. mo- most audits today are a letter in the mail that says, you know, we're questioning this or that, you know, send us send us more documentation. That's really the typical audit you that was today. That was really polite, John. No, nor- <laughs> yeah. Normally the letter is, you owe us money, <laughs> prove to us prove you, don't. you don't. Yeah. <laughs> you don't right. yeah. It's scary. If you don't want to prove it, just send the money, please. Right. Um, that's kind of right. that's what, what it feels say. like. Yeah. Uh, though really, there's uh, we laugh because being in the investment field, that happens a lot. If you, if if to give you an example, if if you buy hundred thousand dollars worth of investments and you sell it for one hundred and five thousand, you made five thousand dollars, right? right? But if the IRS didn't know that you bought it for hundred thousand, all they know you sold it for hundred and five, then they'll tax you on hundred and five thousand. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and they'll That's send you insane. a bill for it. I want to kind of pivot to twenty twenty four. And smart, smart uh, maneuvers to maybe mitigate your taxes in the new year or um, maybe be better prepared, you know, uh, for this time next year, I guess. Yeah. And that always starts in the first quarter, of course. It does? So, yeah, I, I think it should. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know, uh, whether you got raises at the end of the year, whether you know that something's going to change this year. Uh, if you're changing jobs, that sort of thing. Well, we, let's start. We, let's start with if if your company does match. Yeah. And you're getting up in age. Should you be like looking at, for example, upping your your uh, financial your, your traditionally? Yeah, unless you're already maxed out, because then okay. you can't do it. You got to look. You got to look for other ideas. Um, 
but yeah, we, we talk to people about that all the time is the overtime you, you should look at it each year and start, start putting more money in. Cause that's going to help next year's tax return. I think you, you definitely should think about it in the first quarter. And then as you finish your taxes this year, you kind of make a plan for next year's taxes. I think, I think that's probably the skipped step that you're, you're talking a little bit about because we almost everybody has the same goal when they get their taxes done. Each year, we have the same goal: pay as little as possible, little right? Possible. And you get that done. Hopefully, get some back. Yeah. yeah, hopefully you're getting a refund, and you are walking yeah. away smiling, right? right. Uh, what you should do is take a couple minutes and think about what that means for next year. You know, did I do anything right? Did I do anything wrong? Yeah, if you're getting like an eight thousand dollar tax refund, oh. you just gave the IRS an eight thousand dollar tax-free loan, interest-free loan. <laughs> right. 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 Is there a is there a sweet spot for an average middle class? Uh, um, you know what what the sweet what the spot, refund uh, uh, or uh, what uh, the payment should opinion. be? Opinion. I'm sitting here looking at John, wondering <laughs> what he's going to say because I'll say something too. <laughs> five hundred either way. I was going to say <laughs> okay. So whether you pay five or, or I was going or plus or minus seven fifty. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. Generous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. literally to get it that fancy down to three figures. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. going to take some planning for sure. Yeah. yeah, but it's not impossible if you actually look at it and you, ah, this is going to sound like we're tooting our horn. If you're looking, if you're talking to a tax preparer, what are you paying them for? <laughs> right. Should, should be some a little bit of planning in there too. Are you doing a good job or you're not? Very um, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things, a lot of times too, though, that I think um, we don't always want to concentrate on getting your taxes as low as possible in any given year. Mm-hmm. So, for an example, if you, doing Roth conversions can save you a ton of money down the road, but there are, they are going to raise your taxes this year. But okay. sometimes that makes sense to do that, right? Um, business owners often buy equipment, and you know, right now they can they can write off up up to a million dollars right immediately, you know, in the year. But that means if they're making more money next year or the year after, they're not going to have any write off. So mm. you know, so sometimes you don't want to be that, you know. Uh, I want to get as low as low as uh, taxes this year because it's going to cost you way more down the it's road. It's a tortoise in so. a hair kind of a right, yeah, proposition exactly. there. Wow. Yeah. Um, pay me now or pay me later. <laughs> yeah, the Fram oil filter guy. The um, talk about the impact of state and local taxes. I mean, I mean they 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 take that chunk of money for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania no matter what, and sometimes it's it's a lot. Right. I mean, sometimes it, it depending on your bracket, it can match your federal uh, exposure or get close. Well, it's all always three point oh seven percent. But the the problem is, is you know, there's no deductions. I mean, there's it is pretty much straight. <clears throat> you know, whatever you made is, is it's on there. And there's no exemptions. Like, for an example, if somebody if somebody sells their house and they've lived in it for two years, um, and they make you know three hundred thousand dollar profit. They won't pay any federal tax on it because there's an exemption for federal, but they will pay state tax on it. <laughs> um, and on, so on on the capital gain. Yep, they, the oh state doesn't have the same exemptions that the federal does <clears throat> on capital gains. So <clears throat> so they can very easily end up you know paying a lot in. Uh, like I said, it's the same percentage, but they're but it can apply to a lot more income. Uh, same thing with, you know, that example I just gave you, the person that writes off the, the equipment, they, the state won't let them depreciate it that fast. So that when the state, they, they'll still pay a lot more. So, mm-hmm. so it's, even though it's a, you know, same percentage all the time, it's applies to a lot different income sometimes than what the federal does. And that, that local, depending where you live, what is it? 1.02 
or 1.2 in the city or something like that or yeah it's it's um so it's one most places in the county in the city it's 1.353 oh, <laughs> oh come on i'm gonna look it up real quick yeah. Yeah. it's it's well it, it's and, higher and and if you have that dilemma where <laughs> you work in one uh municipality and live in the other whether you're working in the city and live somewhere else either that can go your way or go the opposite way no, you know? never go, never goes your way. Yeah. It never goes your way. <laughs> no, if you, it's not like you're gonna pay get if money you live, back. Huh? If you live in the city and work outside, then then your employers, you know, is supposed to supposed to withhold for the city. But if they don't, if they withhold from where where they're at, then you're gonna end up owing money because they didn't withhold right. enough. Right. If you live outside the city and work in the city, then your employer is required to withhold for the city, even though you should only be paying one percent because you're outside the city. And the city of Erie says we're a distressed city, so we can't give that back. So, oh, <laughs> so they keep that extra. <laughs> so wow. So you you'll either come out even or you'll end up. <laughs> so there's yeah, it never goes your way. Wow, <laughs> amazing. Uh, other things that we can do uh, for planning for 2024, and I wanted to ask you guys about debt. Um, first off, uh, people that are looking to buy a house or car, so big ticket item those interest rates are higher than they have been like in a couple decades, right? Right, especially houses. Houses are, are definitely up there, you know, six, 7% range, I think last I looked. Um, the the um, cars are interesting though, because there's a lot of, uh, especially on new cars, there's a lot a lot of car dealerships are still offering the, the very low interest Starting rates. Starting to see some spread there. Yeah, yeah I, I've gotten that directly from clients lately in the last month or so, is that sometimes it's come back pretty nasty. It's come yeah, back at yeah. seven, seven and a half. Yeah. Right. Other times I've heard threes or fours and, and specific ones, you know, even lower, but it was for specific cars and specific mm, okay. scenarios. But uh, yeah, that's starting to spread out a little bit more as we see Hopefully, as we're nearing the end of the Fed rate hiking cycle, which we've talked about on shows past, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is we're starting to see rates start to move a little bit. Um, so that's gonna, it's gonna take a little bit of planning again coming coming into the the new year of do you take a loan or or do you look for cash? Basically. Are you guys agnostic about the Fed interest rates? Or do you do you cheer on one side or the other? <laughs> oh, I've got an opinion right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's been two years of it's felt like we've been the overall markets have struggled against the what the Federal Reserve had to do, and so I, I've said that that this way they the had Reserve, to do it. They had to they, raise, and rates. they we, waited way too long, in my opinion. We've and, talked oh, about it in yeah. the past. Uh, we had inflation for the first for the first time since the seventies. It felt like right. So you had to raise rates. Um, the The next question really is: is does inflation cool off now? Does it keep going down, and will they start to lower rates? As a financial advisor, I think I think most of the economists and the the advisors in the, in the country are rooting that we're nearing that point where they lower rates because historically markets tend to do better in a a lowering rate environment than they do when the rates are going up. If you think about it, raising rates is is making money more expensive. And if money is more expensive, it makes people spend less money and it makes companies spend less money. That doesn't sound like a very, the economy. Yeah, that does not mm-hmm. sound like a very good thing for stocks mm-hmm. and bonds, does sure. it? But as rates come down, that money starts to free up, and you theoretically are in an expansion mode. That's why, if you're in a bad economic cycle, if you're in a bad recession, they typically are going to be lowering rates because they're trying to stimulate the economy. Right. If you're in a normal economic cycle and hope, and they're lowering rates slowly. 
then that typically is a good thing because it's freeing up more money and you're in a growth mode. So it's so interesting. Just a, a quick aside: when we were at the pit of the of the pandemic, yeah. the, like interest rates were basically zero. They were almost giving. They were almost incentivizing to give people money. Mm. Right? It's almost yeah. like a negative interest rate, and people were just hanging on to it. They wouldn't spend. <laughs> right. Right, because there was nothing to spend it on. No, where are you going to go? The supply, <laughs> well, you're not going to go anywhere. The supply chain was told you couldn't even buy a, a right. bottle of hand sanitizer. They were spending so. some money on Amazon, but that was <laughs> right. right. Yeah. yeah. So it's so interesting that that you know then it 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 kind of sprung back too fast. Yeah. And we had all that inflation. Right. Mm-hmm. As things open back up, people are spending money. It, and you saw it. The, the biggest example I can think of it, you know, is the housing market. We saw the, the amount of people that moved in that year following the pandemic, the amount of demand for new houses pushed the price rate of houses up so fast. And that's what really drove inflation as well, right. is that we saw home prices even in Erie County just blew through the roof right and they were selling in one or two days yes that was uh, uh too fast of an inflation basically of pushing those home prices up and so hopefully that normalizes and the, and and that's where you kind of hope and that's where the federal reserve is trying to push things is yeah. back to a normal speed of a market D- does that bode well then for people that say you know what we're busting out of our seams in this starter home this might be time to buy or, you know, or that's, that's what you hope in those cases is it's timing wise of saying, OK, hey, the market screamed up a couple of years ago. Will it will it ease back off at some point? Mm-hmm. Of course, all things like housing markets is a cycle is that it'll come back down at some point a little bit. Uh, we'll see. Problem is, you got you know in that situation, you're going from one house to another. You, you're, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna experience the higher prices or lower prices on both sides of it. So it doesn't right. really make a lot of difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's um, that's true of the, with that. Uh, of course, then there's the whole thing of, um, you know, of credit cards and credit card debt. Mm-hmm. And some of the major headlines that we're seeing are people are really racking up carrying monthly balances like they haven't. Yeah. Um, and this is after a major wave of saving, right? I mean, right. a lot of people righted their ships right. over the pandemic when they had all that cash, you know. Mm-hmm. What are you talking, what are your clients bringing to you these so days? So in the markets, that's that can be a good thing to watch because today still the consumer makes up 70% of our economy, okay. right? And so if we take on too much debt, and we and we restrict our ability to spend money, then the consumer is going to spend less. And so this is the scary part. If you take on too much debt, you're going to then start a recession because everybody's going to have to stop mm-hmm. spending money. They spent it all, right? Right. So it's 70% of the economy. Uh, this is a good thing to watch, and, and it's an interesting thing because we're hitting some headlines right now, in particular about credit cards, because credit cards, the total amount on credit cards is at an all-time high. Wow. As of right now. But <laughs> that's just one statistic, right? That's one one side of the coin. Because if you look at the percentage of credit card payments to income, it's actually lower than it was pre-pandemic right now. Really? Which was at the lowest point it had been in in a long time. So technically what people are spending based off of their income on credit cards is lower than what it was back in beginning of 2020. So they have better capacity 
to pay their credit cards off? Theoretically, I'm a financial advisor. I don't recommend having the credit cards. But, no, not but, at all. Yeah, right? But I mean, theoretically. The federal government's been using that for years. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's our, true. Our debt is yeah. still a lower percentage of GDP. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 other, right. the other statistic that's interesting <laughs> right now is the uh, the Federal Reserve's financial obligations ratio. <laughs> all right. So here you got, you got, all, you got all these I'm sure there's an acronym for that. The four. <laughs> it's four. F-O-R. F-O-R. Okay. Federal <laughs> obligations uh, ratio, right? Yeah. And that's only almost the same thing because it's totaling all debt auto home mortgage you know uh, uh, yeah. credit card bills student loans and other payments so looking at those and that ratio is actually also below where we were pre-pandemic and that was the lowest it had been in 40 years pre-pandemic Trump used to talk about it. It was the cons- right. That's the the consumer debt ratio too. You know, everything like, is huge. Yeah. We're winning. Yeah, <laughs> we're paying off debt and blah blah yeah. blah blah. Uh-huh. Wages are never been before. COVID changed that discussion. Yeah, sure did. <laughs> right. right. So so yeah. you're not concerned about the, the what people are carrying or not yet. I'm just saying, you know, when you hear a headline like credit cards are at its all-time high, people go, <gasps> you know, yeah, oh, yeah, we're, yeah. we're going to crash or something something's gonna, bad's going to happen. But not yet. It had been rising because it was at a historically low level. I'm going, right. it's kind of, we talked about currency uh, a couple months ago, too, and how the U.S. dollar had been historically strong yep. for more than a decade. When it's at the all-time high of a market, it might come back off of that at some point. I'm saying the same thing with the credit card debt. We had been very high for a long time, pre-pandemic, okay. but it came way down, and, and we're seeing a little bit of a correction now. You know, okay. we've seen people kind of loosen back up. What is, I mean, you guys are pretty um, skittish about debt. What what's it you know when you're bringing in a especially brand new client what what is the what is your typical go to recommendation so that they can start putting money away for retirement and and the kids uh, education and stuff so when it comes to debt we you know the first thing you want to do is is separate it between um, you know short term and long term debt or or you know things that are that are practical and necessary like houses and cars sure. <laughs> uh, and all the other stuff we buy on credit cards that we don't really need but you know sometimes never open <laughs> but uh, <laughs> right. um, <clears throat> so you know that that consumer type debt is obviously dangerous that that can be you know very dangerous uh, if people are going in debt because they're investing or because they're you know uh, buying a better house or things like that you know those kind of debts are offset to some extent by the fact that you've got a bigger asset now. You know, mm-hmm. you have more more money there. So, so I think a lot of it comes down to that. Consumer debt can be very dangerous, um, and you know, the people, you know, and what just happened is 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 so typical is that there are there are guarantee there are people out there that were keeping their credit cards right where they could pay the payments, <laughs> and then yeah. when then the, then when the when the feds, you know raised the interest rate, you know, 7%, the credit cards raised them seven, I mean, <laughs> 21%. Yeah, so, sure did. you know, um, and so, you know, now all of a sudden you have a credit card at 29% and you can't pay the payment anymore. And so now it starts to go up and, you know, uh, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. And that's, and that's what kind of, that's what you have to be careful of with that, with debt is that it's not so much that having the debt itself is terrible, but except that it just really exposes you to a, to a real, real big risk. Uh, someone's uh, uh, texted in, there's a shortage of inventory when it comes for homes for sale. Decent homes for sale under two hundred grand is almost non-existent. 300000 you start to pick up more inventory, but the starter families can't afford that. Are you seeing people kind of stuck in their rentals because there's just nothing to jump to on a starter? 
Yeah, there's definitely um, a very, very low inventory of what's available. Um, and unfortunately, low inventory means, you know, higher prices, um, supply and demand, you know. So they, um, so that makes makes that particular range higher, you know, higher price. Sure. And so that makes it very difficult. Um, and, you know, you don't have the, you don't have you know, the time to, to think through things either because you kind of get into this, you know, I got to buy this right now or else. Right. <laughs> well, talk um, about, do you do you sometimes kind of have to dif- differentiate of saying, okay, this is what it costs to live under a roof. Um, this is what it would cost if you went and bought that starter home. And sometimes that com- computation doesn't work with the current income, right? I mean. Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, and I'm harsh about that sort of thing. Are you? <laughs> I sit here. Well, I just mean it's a, it's an expectation again. Too. We we've talked in times past about these expectations of, hey, I'm going to graduate college and then I want to move into this half a million dollar house next next month and I'm going to be able to pay for it or whatever. <laughs> right. Right. And that's not historically how it's worked. <laughs> we, and my parents were able to do that. That's no, where my parents. That's where my parents live. Right. Yeah. That's where my parents live. I yeah. got I'm used to that. That's what I want. Right. Exactly. And, and so it's a weird generation thing too you know of the last two generations have been able to step into certain things where it's going well that's not the way it's always worked is that a good thing or a bad thing I'm, I'm not sure but we definitely just saw an uneconomic shift we saw inflation again it's the same basic problem uh we've seen we had inflation at zero for about 15 years we all got used to home prices never going up and all of a sudden they jump up and we act like that's that's yeah. so awful, right? But historically, that's the norm. In fact, historically, it goes up slowly over time. We haven't seen right. that. So I do feel like people got used to an idea of here's what the price is. Yeah. Um, but all of a sudden, it's starting to catch back up. And it feels shocking. So mm. I, I know I said I'm harsh, but I, I understand that aggravation, too, because that hasn't happened in 15 years. We haven't seen whole prices go up. No. You know. And, and, and you talk to the realtors and they say, we're finally getting... Uh, what these homes should be worth. The problem is there's just not enough of them that are accessible to different various, uh, you know, uh, income groups. And that's economics. We'll see how the market adjusts. Yeah. And when you think about that, there, there's going to be, like, most likely there's going to be less, in, you know, because of the fact that now with the interest rates up where there are, you're, people are going to think twice before they move out of their starter home into the next bigger one there's when they no have doubt. to go from a 3% loan to a 7% loan or, you know, so with a with double sure. or triple mortgage, yeah, yeah. sure, it's insane. So we we just got a, a couple minutes left with uh, John and Ben. Um, what 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 would be a top three for you guys as, as for planning for twenty twenty four? What should people be concentrating on uh, going into tax season and also throughout the year? Um, well, from a tax standpoint, you need to make sure that you're. Paying your way, one thing. If you know people, uh, we see businesses every every year that come in that haven't paid any taxes all year. Oh, uh, not yeah. their quarterlies, no. <laughs> not even their quarterlies. <laughs> uh, okay. um, that's not good. So nope. you know, pay pay as you go. Um, you know, and the other thing is, is you know, just be aware of where you're at with uh, whether you're going into the next bracket or whether you're, you know, um, and and whether you know a, a little bit more income is going to make going to make a big difference because uh, it does sometimes just a little income makes a huge difference on your taxes if you happen to be crossing one of those you know hidden uh, hidden thresholds um, and so you know it's important to know that so like. We, I know most most preparers do. We do. We get we give them a thing that shows them where their tax bracket is, and mm-hmm. and kind of shows you know where 
what what has changed from the last year and that kind of thing. And we can certainly tell anybody what what their next level is going to be. Um, and because sometimes you can you can defer more into your four hundred one k. You can um, you know sometimes you can group your deductions in one year and and then do it every other every two years. You know do it that way so you get more deductions. Um, there's you know other there's QCDs which are qualified charitable giving for, yeah. for people over seventy and a half. Uh, there's all kinds of things that can be done to just bring that income down a little bit, and sometimes that's all it takes. So that's the kind of planning you know you really want to do, and then obviously gather, keep your stuff gathered during the yeah. year. Unfortunately, when you wait till the end of the year to gather everything up, <coughs> it's not a great time. Uh, <laughs> um, some things obviously don't come right. till then, but there's a lot of things you can gather during the year. And uh, like you know, with our system, we the, you can upload those to our portal anytime during the year okay. and have them ready. So that makes sense. Yeah. I think I think my uh, my twenty twenty four one one thing to think about as we start the year is generic. Is don't don't let fear make your financial decisions for you. <laughs> uh, you know, talking about taxes. Usually, people get worried about their taxes. Yeah. They get afraid, and so they don't pay their quarterly taxes. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're afraid of what the result is, so they just don't do it. Uh, you know, it's going to be a big year, uh, like every year. The last couple, you know, it's an election year, and so that causes people some fear about what the future holds. There's a lot of uh, all these global unrest situations, China, Russia, the, the Houthis. Yeah. <laughs> the Better to not sell at the bottom of the market. Yeah, or, or you know, when everybody else... Or it's better to do something. I think I think fear can be paralyzing when it comes okay. to finances. Yeah. People get worried about it and just decide, ah, I'm, I'm not going to make a change or I'm not going to make a good, smart financial decision. And so you sometimes you need help overcoming that fear. Sure. And that's where a good tax preparer like John or a financial advisor can step in and say, no, okay, we got to look at the real answer here. Kingdom Financial Group, phone number? 814-836-5234. We appreciate it. John Baker, Ben Ryder, gentlemen, happy taxes! Thanks! Hey, thank you. <laughs> You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com.